Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Open your Bible with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And then I, I'd like for you to look up here at me as we are beginning a new series entitled The God Space. We're starting a new series titled The God Space. And by the God Space, I mean the space that God, before the foundations of the earth, he predetermined for us to have and to share with him so that while we're here on the earth, we can have beautiful exchanges with him and we can know his will and we can walk in his blessings. And how many know the God space is our mind? We're going to be talking about our thought life because our thought life, our mind has come from God and from the very beginning, brothers and sisters, was meant for God. We are our thought life. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So whatever our mind is full of, that influences everything about us. When you woke up in the morning, if you woke up on the crabby side of the bed, for example, then that means that you had some interesting stuff in your God space. You see? But our mind is the space that God gave us so that we could act, interact with him and with his word and we could be blessed. A lot of people, they kind of take for granted that um, this is a place that has been reserved for God. And we're going to spend the next five weeks or four weeks, not sure, four or five weeks, looking at different passages in the Bible that talk about our mind. And here's how I was led to this message. Uh, um, one of the things that I have seen over the years, and even now, even in our church, it's clear that there are a lot of people that have a strong desire to serve God, but they don't have the mind to serve him. You see, and if you really want to serve God, it's great to have the desire, but God has made us in such a way that we not only need a desire to serve God, but we also need the mind to serve God. Now I want to point out to you, okay, this is not the key text, but I want to point out to you that in the Bible, this, this is very important because in the Bible, the mind and the heart are interchanged. Okay, look at this verse in Matthew, in the book of Matthew. This was Jesus. This is a negative example, but it's true across the board. He said, knowing their thoughts... Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your everyone? Okay. 
So the thoughts were in the heart, but we know that they're different, but they're not different. They're actually interchangeable because your heart is the sum total of your thoughts. You see, whatever's in your thoughts is what's in your heart. And so we have to recognize how important this is. This is a very powerful thing. And I want to put up an image to you. This is kind of a little bit of a, a theological truth that we want to bring you uh, to. But man has a threefold nature. Man is, is spirit, soul, and body. The spirit is the capacity that God gave us. That, in, in a sense, that is like our God space. And when someone is born, they're born with a spirit. But then when they're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of them. Right? How many know when you give your life to Christ, what is taking place is that the Holy Spirit is coming to dwell inside of your spirit. How many have been born again in this place? Could I see your hands? You invited Jesus into your hearts. Praise be to the living God. How do you become a Christian? There's only one way. You invite Jesus to come into your heart to become your Lord and your Savior and your Master. And when he does that, he comes in and he resides in our spirit with his spirit. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. You see? So, so we have a spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes into our spirit. And then we also have a soul. That soul is, is what our whole mind is made of. That mind has reason, memory, conscience, imagination, affections. And they are so closely put together. They're so close that Jesus interchanges them because this is essentially what makes up our heart. Our heart is a combination, so to speak, of our spirit and our soul. Our, the, the mind and the heart are, are virtually the same. And then obviously there's the body, and the body there then has the five senses, sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch. And see, here, this is very important. By the way, I've got some length, lengthy introductory remarks because this sets the stage for the whole series. So it's important that you understand this. Now, when you look at this image, guys, it is vitally important for you and I to recognize that life is meant to live from the inside out, not from the outside in. You see? Many people live life from the outside in. Okay? God has called us to live life from the inside out. God has called us to live life from the place that we meet with him and he meets with us and he speaks to us and he feeds us and ministers to us and then we go out and we face all of the challenges of this world and sometimes there are difficult things on the outside but our soul is at rest because we know who we have on the inside and he truly is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. How many would say amen? You see, we're not supposed to live life from outside in. We're supposed to live life from the God space. The space where he comes to meet us and to speak with us. And simply stated, I want to say this. Whatever you put into your mind, you put into your life. Listen to me. Whatever you put into your mind, you put into your life. Okay, and whatever and whomever you allow to control your mind controls your life. 
This is a very important thing. If your mind is, is, uh, uh, is full of, of uh, I was joking about this, if your mind is full of soap operas, then you think based on what you see in the soap opera. And uh, I had a roommate in college, and uh, we were in Texas together. He was from, from Brooklyn, tough, tough dude. And uh, he was a nice guy, but really tough guy. And I'm glad we were both from Brooklyn, you know what I mean? Just having him with me, I felt protected. And uh, however, he had one rule in our room. He used to say to me, yo, Al, when my stories are on, So we would eat lunch, and, uh, um, and then we would go back to the room, and then it was like, it was like study hall because the stories were on. And, and then after that, we would go off to practice at 1 o'clock. And honestly, after a while, I started to get into the stories. Like I was like, oh, snap, what's going to happen with Luke and Laura? You know? It's like General Hospital, Days of Our Lives. Yeah, people are laughing because they know that too well, but we won't get into that. But see, it could be soap operas. It could be politics. You know, some people are so consumed with politics, every time you run into them, all they can talk about is Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and, and all this kind of stuff. So if it's that, then it's that. Whatever, whatever your mind is full of. Okay, that's what controls your life. It, it controls your emotions. It dictates how you feel, what you do, what you choose, where you go. If your friends control your life, then what they say, what they feel, what they think. If your family controls your life, then it's what they say, what they think. Whoever, listen, whatever you put into your mind, whatever controls your mind, that's what controls your life. And I want to suggest to you that we should have Jesus Christ controlling our minds because we need to have him controlling our lives. I'm going to say amen. And so we're going to really take the time to walk through this. Listen, Dr. Caroline Greenleaf, which we're going to reference um, uh, later on in this series, she wrote a book about the mind, like the physical mind. She said, uh, here's what she said. She said, the mind is the most powerful thing in the universe after God and, is, and indeed is fashioned after God. You see, think about all of the amazing things that man has been able to, to accomplish. We make submarines and we go down into the, into the depths of the ocean. We, we, we make these ships and we go into the, like we're on our way to Mars now. You know, we fly in planes. You know, we, we do all of these things. Where did all of that come from? You know where that came from? From the mind of man. See, I think it was Rene Descartes who said, he, he defined his own existence because he said, I think, therefore, I am. So he defined his existence by that. But the Christian really should say, I think because of the great I am, and the great I am is the one who created me to be like him. How many would say amen? You see, and so... So your mind is so powerful. Why? Because you've been made in the image of God. But the mind can be influenced, affected, 
The mind can be taken over with the wrong things. And we have to take the time to focus and to make sure that our mind is the God space. More than anything else. Okay, the man that is really blessed, it says in Psalm uh, chapter 1, is the man who meditates on his law day and night. Go read Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1 is, the, is a contrast between the person who lives from the outside in versus the inside out. Psalm chapter 1 says, blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. That's outside in. Watch this. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That's what takes up their God space. You see? And it says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. How many want to prosper? How many want to be blessed? Hallelujah. It's all about the God space, you see. And so this is a very, very important thing for us to do. And then what I want to do now is I'm going to read the last verse of this passage that we're going to cover. I believe that this is kind of like the introductory concept when it comes to our minds and the God space. It's not easy, but this is very, very important. We've got to really keep our thinking caps on today. And as we go to read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 momentarily, let me tell you what was going on. So to bring us right in. Uh, first, the book of 1 Corinthians was written to people who had a desire to live for God, but really were not living for God that well. And part of the reason that they were not living for God very well is because even though they, they had the spirit of God living inside of them, they were being so influenced by the, by the time and the culture. You see, that culture and especially the place, that city, the city of Corinth, it was dominated by philosophers and orators. Like they basically had a, they had a, TED, a TED talk almost on every corner. How many know TED talk? Right? TED Talk right now is all about ideas and espousing ideas. And it was the same way back then. And they were, everybody was into listening for the new idea. It was called, it was part of the, the, the Greek influence. It's, it's part of what they call Hellenization. And the Greek mindset was always listening for the new philosopher and the new idea. And that's what they were doing. They were Christians, but they kept listening. They were, they were becoming like the world. And, and what happened is, is if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we're going to read from chapter 2 in a moment. If you read from chapter 1, it actually got into the church where the Christians were starting to do the same thing. And they say, you know what, Paul is my favorite preacher. Preacher, I like his oratory. And another one was saying, no, uh, Peter is my favorite preacher. Or Apollos, man, that guy can bring the word. And so they were getting into speakers. Not content. Speakers And Paul comes along and says, hey, what are you guys doing? What does it matter? Who spoke what? What matters is this. There is one message. And the message is that Jesus Christ was crucified so that we could be washed from our sin and be set free. 
Hallelujah. He rose from the dead in power so that we could live the life of a new creation. There's only one message. It's Jesus Christ. And, then, and there's only one Lord. And you guys are missing the fact that instead of fo focusing on one preacher or one speaker or, or this guy or that guy, listen, we actually can have the mind of Christ. That's better. So look, here's the last verse. I want to put this up. It says, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Let's read this together. But we have the mind of Christ. One more time, ready? But we have the mind of Christ. And so the apostle Paul is saying, are you kidding me? You're talking about me? Do you realize where God pulled me out of? You realize the place that God got me from? You realize what I was doing before God? I was out of my mind. You see, you guys are, are saying me versus this one. That's ridiculous. We need to recognize that we have access to Christ himself, the hope of glory. We can have him inside. And listening to him is way better than listening to Al Toledo. You see, the only purpose of my preaching is for me to share the word of God so that you get not from Al Toledo. It comes through Al Toledo, but God used donkeys. To speak. You see? So it's not, the, it's not the messenger. It's the message because the message is what carries the life and word of God. And he's saying, what are you guys doing? Which, by the way, can I tell you something? Not that you might even be tempted. But whatever you do, don't ever, don't ever talk more about any person, especially even any church. Okay, don't even talk about any church. If you want to invite someone to our church, all you need to say is, listen, here's why you should come. Because when you come, you're going to experience the love and presence of Jesus. Amen. Jesus is going to be there. And that's why we got to pray in the prayer meeting so that Jesus will be here. Right? That's what counts. That people walk in the door and meet Jesus. Meeting me, meeting my wife, meeting the choir. Pastor Matt, those things don't change anybody. And I know I'm redundant about this, but listen, we live in a culture where people are so caught up with how many followers are Instagram. So that is the culture, isn't it? Same thing was happening here. And Paul was saying, look, but we have the mind of Christ. So now let's read the whole thing and then we'll pray. Okay, here's the whole passage starting with verse 6. It says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. But not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No. We declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None, everyone say none. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, and this is speaking of the human eye, what no human eye has seen, what no human ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us. Everyone say us. To us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts 
except their own spirit within them. You see the connection? Before we go on, you see, who knows a person, look at me for a moment, who knows a person's thoughts except their what? You see, there's a connection between your spirit and your thoughts. It's an inextricable connection. Okay, you can't divide it. You can't say, I have these kinds of thoughts, but that's not the, that's not the, the makeup of my spirit. Whatever your thoughts are, that's what your spirit is. Okay, so it says, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. It, this is even for God. What we have received is not, everyone say not, the spirit of the world. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, capital S, which is the Holy Spirit, who is from God, so that, everyone say so that, this emphasis is important, we may understand what God has freely given us. That's very important. We'll get to that a little later. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit, capital S, the person who's not been born again, now I want to pause here. If you've not given your life to Christ and you say, I don't understand spiritual things, it's because when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, His Spirit comes in and now He's the helper, He's the tutor, His, his plan and purpose on this earth is not only to glorify Jesus, but also to lead us into all truth. And yet if you do have the spirit in you and you're struggling with the Bible, we'll talk about this. I'm telling you right now, you can lean on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will begin to unfold the truth. So we'll talk about that a little bit more momentarily. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but considers them foolishness. So if you, have, if you just got saved and your family thinks you're nuts or crazy, well, this is why. They don't understand. It says, they cons but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. How many know we're not subject to human judgments? We're su subject to the judgment of God. It says, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. Now let's read this one more time. But we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. So today the title of the message is the God space is a gift. The God space is a gift. Why is the God space a gift? The God space is a gift because we get to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And when we accept Jesus into our hearts, he comes in by his spirit into our lives. And then all of a sudden we are enabled to receive some very important things that people who don't have him in their hearts cannot receive. 
You see, the mind of Christ is a gift to us. It's an opportunity for all of us every single day for us to be receiving some very special things from God. And so I want to just pray and unfold uh, um, in the next few moments these very important truths, guys, uh, um, for our lives. Because, because remember, we are a sum total of our thoughts and our spirits. So if you're, if you're, if you're here today... Look at me for a second before we pray. If you're here today and you're angry with someone, right, what kind of thoughts are you thinking? Angry thoughts. If you're here today, you've been traumatized by the past, okay, you're thinking the thoughts that, that are the result of trauma. You're caught up with the past. The, the, but the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power of what? Love and a sound. You see? And so we want to pray. Here's how we want to. We want to open this message up by saying, God, give me a heart to receive. And number two, when we end this, we're going we're gonna to end by saying, God, I want to give my mind to you. God, I want you to take full control of the space that was meant for you from the very beginning. Just know that your mind was meant for God from the very beginning. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and our time together, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you for everyone that's here. And Lord, I thank you that in your infinite power, God, and your infinite nature, you're able to live inside of each and every one of us, Lord. Whoever opens up their heart to you, Lord, they can come, they can know you because you come in, oh Lord, to be the Lord and Savior. But God, we not only want to be able to claim that you're our Savior, we want to claim, we want to walk in your Lordship. We want you to be in charge of our thought life because if you're in charge of our thought life, you'll be in charge of our hearts. And God, we want to live life from the inside out with you, not from the outside in. And so bless this word in our time together, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. 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 Very, very important. Whatever you put into your mind, you put into your life. And so when you think about this passage of scripture, when you think the first thing that we think about the God space is that the God space is primarily a place where we receive. And before we go into the points, let me give you just one more illustration. I was actually talking to Pastor Jake about this, and he gave me, he told me a story about when he was a kid. When Pastor Jake was a kid, he went over his friend's house, and uh, the mom said, come on, kids, let's get in the car. And they got in the car, and they drove to the suburbs. When they drove to the suburbs, they went into this really nice neighborhood. This was a... Uh, an affluent family, so they went into this very nice neighborhood, and there were nice houses there, and uh, big houses, and then she pulled up in front of this big hole in the ground, and she said to the kids, and Pastor Jake was there, she said, you see this hole here, you see this space, okay, we're going to put our house into this space, 
We're going to put our lives into this space. This is where we're going to live all of our lives. Now, the irony of this particular story, unfortunately, is that she never moved into that house because she ended up getting a divorce. But see, the reason why we know this, that there was a divorce, is because things that were not in the physical house, but things that were in the minds, things that were in the hearts of the people of that family, they were not controlled by God. And so they never got to take advantage of that, of that external blessing. Because how many know true blessing begins in the God space of, of our hearts and minds? If you're not blessed in here, you can't be blessed anywhere. You see? And so we have to recognize that our minds, which is the same thing as saying our hearts, our hearts are a space that was meant for God. You see? And what the Apostle Paul was saying to them is that there's so many wonderful things that we can receive. So the first thing that we, this passage teaches us is that the God space is where we receive his secret wisdom. It says, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age. You ever, have you ever heard, guys, listen, you ever heard the wisdom of this age? Okay. There's all kinds of things that people are calling wisdom. Some people, the wisdom of the ages. Okay. And he's saying, I'm not talking about that. And he says, it says, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. That's what God says about the wisdom of this age and the rulers of this age. He said, no, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. And so what happens, uh, brothers and sisters, is we get to receive the secret wisdom of God. Not the wisdom of the ages. Not the wisdom of this world. You see, there are all sorts of things that are called wisdom. There's an earthly wisdom. There's a, there's a, 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 a secular wisdom. There's a secular humanism that says all sorts of things but ignores God. Uh, uh, there's a demonic wisdom. It's demonic. And wisdom, it, that's a, an oxymoron because it's not real wisdom, but you get. There are demonic things that sound good, but they're not really good. There are all sorts of opinions that dominate. But when you become a Christian and you accept Jesus, the first thing that happens is your mind and your spirit are able to receive the secret wisdom of God. Now let me point out what this secret wisdom is uh, just to say, look at how this impacts our lives on a daily basis. Look at what the Bible says in James, okay. In the book of James it says, but the wisdom that comes from where? But the wisdom that comes from heaven, you see, that's not the wisdom of this world. That's not the wisdom of the past. That's not the wisdom of the earth. We're talking about the wisdom that comes from heaven. The wisdom that God wants to deposit inside of our hearts, it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. How many know a pure mind is from God? Where's a dirty mind from? A dirty mind is not from God. You see? Do you know how many people justify their dirty mind? People think it's okay to have a dirty mind. Okay? But God doesn't want us to have a dirty mind. How many know God can give us a pure mind? 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, this is a little bit strong of, a, of an illustration. But I'm going to tell you, one day, I was, this happened in Chicago. I was walking into, I was at a garage getting my car fixed. And I, and I said to the guy, hey, can I use the bathroom? And so when I walked into the bathroom, uh, um, you know, and I have bad posture. My wife is always saying, stand up. You know, stand up. And so I have a, I have a bad habit of, of walking like this. So I walk into the bathroom like this. And when I get in, I go like this. And when I go like this, there were pictures of, they had some kind of girly magazines. And they had torn out magazines, pages, right. And the, literally, it was like the whole wall in the bathroom. I'm talking about everywhere. They had done it neat too. So this was, this looked like. It was like here, here, here. It was like all in lines. And the whole thing was covered with pornography. You see? And so here's what I can tell you. The guys in that garage, you know what they have? They have filthy minds. You see? Because that's what's, that's what's occupying their God space. And so instead of receiving the wisdom from above, how many know that's demonic wisdom? How many know the guy with the dirty mind starts looking at his wife the wrong way? You see, how many know the guy with the dirty mind, with the filthy mind, he can actually miss his wife? His wife could be right in front of him and he won't even see her. Because he's thinking filthy thoughts he doesn't understand. But how many know the Bible says we can have a new mind and a pure mind. We can walk with a holy mind. How many would say amen? But it's all about what's in the God space. Look. The, 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 the wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure. Then secondly, it's peace-loving. Loves the wisdom that comes from God. It, it's, it's, it loves peace. How many know, how many know that, that God doesn't want us to be angry people? You ever meet a Christian who's angry and grouchy? Hey, brother, God bless you. <laughs> Oh, snap. What kind of blessing was that? That sounded from another place, didn't it? It's like, we're supposed to be happy people. You know? It's like, you mean you can't smile? Are you kidding me? Jesus died on the cross for you, set you free, gave you a new life. He set me free. He set me free. Glory to God. He set me free. Don't you sing that one? Right? So you can't smile. You can't be nice. You can't be nice in the house. How many know God has not called us to live in anger but to live in peace? So what would, what, what would our marriages be like if we're walking in the wisdom of God? You know, I, 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 I've shared this many times but when Christy and I first got married and we were having a, a horrible fight and I, I called my father-in-law, you know, to complain about this woman he gave me at the altar. And, uh, you know, and I remember Pastor Simla saying this, and I want to appeal to you. He was saying, Al, the devil is having a praise service in your house. He said, he's sitting on your shoulder, and he's sitting on her shoulder, and you're listening to him, and you're saying what he's telling you to say. Why don't you stop listening to the devil and watch your marriage change? You see, why? Because the secret wisdom of God is peace-loving. The secret wisdom of God is considerate. It's not selfish. 
okay? You know that God is really working in a person's life when it stops being all about me. You know? So how many know, especially when you're a Christian, it should be all about him and it should be all about other people? But see, that's the download. All of a sudden your thoughts are different. They're considerate. They're submissive. Okay? Wow, we got one amen on this one. I was like, oh, snap. All right, come on, because I know I've been helping you through this. Ready? I want everyone to say submissive. Ready? Submissive. Very good. You did it. We live in a culture that nobody can be told what to do anymore. You get a you get a 16 year old and they or a 25 year old for that matter and you get a you get a 40 year old talking to a 25 year old 25 year old knows more than the 40 year old. The 25 year old knows more than the 60 year old. Don't tell me what to do. I know everything. Don't you know I have Google? <laughs> right? You so but see, listen. There's a blessing when you come under authority. There's a blessing when you can be submissive. There's a blessing when people can speak into your life. You see, the wisdom of God is full of mercy. Okay? How many people are bound because they can't forgive? And you say, I just can't forgive. Of course we can't forgive because what we're needing, it comes from heaven. Amen. But see, when God downloads that mercy, it, haven't you ever been shocked that God forgave you? I know I have. You're like, I can't believe God forgave me. But you know what? He does because he's rich in mercy and because he's God. And how many know God can give us a heart that's full of mercy so that we could forgive the most unforgivable thing? Amazing. You see, and when the wisdom of God comes and you forgive that person, all of a sudden you're released of all sorts of torment and trauma because you let it go to God. Okay? It's full of good fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. I feel like I missed one, but that's all. we'll just keep going. Last two, and then I'm going to go through the last two points very quickly. But this is so, see, see, guys, look, if you love God, you have to give him your mind. And if you really, if you really desire to serve God, you've got to give God your mind. You got to recognize that before the foundations of the earth, God, when he designed us, he had in his grand wisdom, he wanted to connect with us in our spirit and in our minds. He wanted to teach us to think thoughts like he does. And when you get saved, when you give your life to God, you get this secret wisdom that starts to come. The last two very quickly, impartial. You know, God hates favoritism. But it's human nature to play favorites. You see, but God can put something in us that said, no, I won't, be, I won't play favorites. No, I'm going to love everybody. In fact, how many know, how many know if there's anything that the people of God should do? We should love the people that get rejected in this world. We should love the unlovely because you know what? We were unlovely and he loved us. How many would say amen? amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. And then lastly, sincere. Sincere. When God begins to drop his wisdom in your life, you start to become open and honest. And you stop being guarded. 
You don't have to be guarded because God is your protector. Everything doesn't have to be a secret. I don't want nobody in my business. You know, do you know people live like that? Their whole life is like everybody really wants to know what's going on in your life when they have half the times more trouble than you do. You know? You see, but there's a, there's a place where you could just be open and honest and sincere. And can I tell you something? We're talking about everystudent.com. When you go out into the world, people are not attracted to your perfection. They're attracted to your submissiveness and your sincerity. When you're just an honest person, isn't it refreshing to meet an honest, open person? You see? And so that's what, when, when we give our minds to God, if you could begin to play something, they're going to march through those next two points. But when we give our minds to God, he begins to download his wisdom. If you, the verses before this, okay, I didn't want to spend too much time, but if you read in James chapter 3, it says, there's a wisdom that is earthly, that's the world, unspiritual, that's the flesh, and then it says, and demonic. Go look it up afterwards in James chapter 3. You can be led by that, or we could receive the wisdom of God. How many want to receive the wisdom of God like never before for your life? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do it in our hearts, oh God. Do it, oh God. It'll change our marriages. It'll change our relationships. It'll change everything. It'll change everything about us. It'll change the way people see us. Here's the second thing very quickly, okay. The God's space is not only where we receive his secret wisdom, but the God space, could you put up the next slide, please? But the God space is where we receive the understanding of what God has freely given to us. Now, like I said, this is not an easy message, but you need to lock in. He says, we have not received, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that, okay, everyone say, so that. Now let's read this together. We may understand what God has freely given us. When you become a Christian and you're born again, okay, all of a sudden you can become a receptacle for the things that God has freely given you. And when you start to embrace the things that God has freely given you, you start to walk by faith. You see, because you start to recognize how many know salvation is free and it's full. How many know the forgiveness of God is absolutely complete and total. How many know he, when he says, I remember your sins no more. How many know we are not guilty in the eyes of God. How many would say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's free. We don't deserve that, but that's the way it is. Okay, he says that, listen, I will be the friend that sticks closer than the brother. How many know the closeness of God is something that he's given to us free? We don't deserve it, but indeed it's like he wants to be our friend. He wants to be close to us. And so here's what starts to happen. When you start to receive the things that are freely given, you start to walk by faith. Okay. Now let me break this faith thing down to you and then we're going to close. This is very, very important for you to understand. Faith is like a three-step process. 
First of all, faith is, is receiving knowledge in your mind. That's the content in your mind. Now, faith comes by hearing and the hearing of what? So if the word of God is the content of your mind, then the Bible says you will know the truth and what? You see? It begins with knowledge. Okay? But then when you get in the, in the right content in your mind, then there's agreement. Okay? Faith not only knows things, but faith also agrees with things. Some people think that because they know truth, how many know if you're really going to benefit from truth, you have to agree with the truth in your mind. So faith is not just knowledge, it's also agreement. That is the acceptance and alignment of your mind. So when you're, when you're uh, 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 giving your God's face to him, then all of a sudden you have an ability to understand spiritual things and believe spiritual things that even though they don't make sense to the world, you're able to accept and align your mind with it and actually believe it. And then lastly, lastly, there's the commitment, which is the application of your will and actions through your mind. So because you believe, you act. Many of you maybe have been in a meeting like this. I was in a prayer meeting once, and I was seeking God. And I think a missionary had just spoke, and I was ready. I told God, I'll go anywhere. I'll go to, I'll go to Timbuktu, Lord. You send me in. Send me to the Middle East. Send me here. Send me there. I was bawling. And, and you know what the Lord said to me? He said, you'll go anywhere. Yes, Lord. He said, go home and hug your mother and say I'm sorry. And I was like, you just blew the groove right there, Lord. I was like, oh, forget that. I'm just going to sit here and just let it all go. How many have ever had that happen before? You see, how many know there has to be agreement, okay, and the commitment not to what we want, but to what he wants. See, because you know what God says is he says, go take care of that. And when you take care of that, then what you were talking about, then I'm going to take care of that. You see? But, but when you're really receiving from God, there's an alignment and an application process where you start to surrender your mind and your thoughts and your will to the plan of God for your life. You see? But when you do that, all of a sudden you're walking by faith. All of a sudden you can believe things that other people can't believe. And then if your baby is sick and you say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in the name of Jesus for my baby. You know, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus for my child that is away. And how many know that when we ask him, we know that we have been heard from on high. How many know that we ask as children of God, we've been heard on, on high. And we believe that we've received what we asked for. But where does that come from? That comes from faith. Faith says, yes, Lord, I believe. I'm not going to stand by. Oh, God, I'm going to believe you. And I'm going to win this battle. Hallelujah. And then here's the last thing, and we're going to close. The God space, lastly, is where we start to develop spiritual judgment, okay? The God space is where we make spiritual judgments. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things. 
Everyone say all things. Okay? The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. Okay? So here's what this is saying, and we'll close here. What this is saying is, is that when you really give your mind to God, you start to take in the truths of God, the mysteries of God. And because you're taking in the truths and the mysteries of God, you start to look at life differently and you start to make judgments differently. You realize that our lives are the sum total of our judgments and choices. You see? So this, a spiritual judgment is not like a worldly judgment. Here's for example. Let's take this whole issue of physician-assisted suicide. Right? That's a hot one. People, people feel like if I'm suffering, I can take my life. Okay, but that's earthly. See, spiritually speaking, if the person says, wait a second, this body was created in God's image, and I belong to God, and I hope, my hope is in the power of God. I don't know if Jesus wants to raise me up out of my sickbed. He raised up Peter's uh, mother-in-law. He raised up people from all kinds of places. The woman was sick with the issue of blood. 12 years, 18 years, he healed her. I don't know, but I know in the meantime, he won't waste my suffering. There's a dignity in suffering. Christ suffered. I will suffer for his glory, and I'll hold on until I see him face, face to face. Here's what the spiritual mind says. The spiritual mind says it's better to go into eternity suffering than to stop suffering and then have to face God in eternity. You see? Now the earthly mind says, well, that's not very nice. You know, obviously that's a hard thing when someone is suffering. It's heartbreaking when someone is suffering. But how many know there are things higher than what we see and taste and feel in this world? And how many know when we get to heaven, okay, when we get to heaven, do you realize our time on this earth will be like this? When we get to heaven, you, you're going through stuff and we go through stuff. But when we get to heaven, this will be a blur. Eternity will be joy unspeakable and full of glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. You see, listen, listen. A spiritual mind will say, look, I know what the world says. We don't love each other. Irreconcilable differences. We can't get along anymore. You know, the love is gone. You see, but the spiritual mind says, no, wait a second, God is love. Okay, and if God is love, he can pour his love out on us. And Jesus died to break down every dividing wall. He is the great reconciler. And even though this is broken, I know God can fix anything that is broken. And so I'm going to put my hope in Jesus. And I'm going to ask Jesus. I'm going to get on my knees with my spouse and say, help us, God. We don't like each other right now. But you can make us like each other. I know the spiritual mind is completely different. I know the person, here's the last one, the person that is, that is, his mind is filthy and dark and maybe years bound with pornography. And we're going to actually talk about this next week. But the person whose mind is, is super filthy, we know that we can get the word of God in our mind and say, wait a second. Didn't David say in Psalm, 100, in, uh, Psalm 101, he said, I will sing of your love and your justice. I'm not going to sing the songs of this world. I'm not going to sing the garbage of this world. I'm going to sing of 
your love and your justice. When will you come to me? Listen, I will walk about my house with a clean heart. I will set no vile thing before my eyes. And the deeds of faithless men, they will not cling to me. I used to watch that garbage. But in the name of Jesus, I won't watch that garbage anymore. And God is going to purify my mind. I'm not going to be afraid, because even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Hallelujah. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. This is just a valley, and you are faithful, and you are close to me, and I will not give in to fear. Amen. See, that's what the spiritual mind says. And so here's the way I want to close today, and we've gone really long. But the way I want to close today, I want to put our hands on our hearts. Put your hands on your heart. But as we pray for our heart, everybody in this room, I want you to recognize that you're also praying for your mind. And I want us to say, God, we give you our minds today. Hallelujah. God can repair. We're going to get into this. He can restore. He can renew. God can do all sorts of things. But it begins by us giving it to God. And Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we give our hearts to you. And as we give our hearts to you, Lord God, we give our minds to you, Lord God. God, we pray that you would be the Lord of your space, O oh Lord. In the past, God, our minds have belonged to the world. They belong to the devil. They belong to all sorts of things. But today, Lord, we want to give our minds to you, O oh God. And God, I pray that you would begin a process of downloading secret wisdom. A process of downloading powerful revelation, oh God. Of the things you've freely given us, oh God. God, I pray, Lord, that we would begin to think your thoughts and make your judgments and your decisions. Come on, pray and say, God, help me to decide the way you want me to decide, oh God. Help me to choose the way you want me to choose, God. Help us by your mighty power, God. And Father, as we leave today, Lord, I pray, Father, that we would recognize that our mind is a gift that you've given us so that we could commune together. God, if we pray, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, oh God. And everyone said, amen. amen. Can we praise God today for his goodness and his love? Hallelujah.